I, I want to share with you, just God has been moving in my heart all week, and it, this was one of those messages that I, it, it took a while to sort of get to. In fact, I kept rewriting it and rewriting it and rewriting it, because every time I think, oh, yeah, this is what God wants to say, then God says, well, no, not quite. <laughs> and, and for me, that's like, okay, then what is it that God's trying to say? What is it that, that God's trying to do? I was coming home from uh, an appointment, and uh, it's a route that I had taken not every day or, or even, but maybe, you know, uh, once every two, three months. So I knew it well, and I knew the route home. But I like the comfort of just putting on, putting on my GPS. I always do that. Put it on the maps, punch the button, tell where I want to go to the office, and off it goes. So, so I'm in the car, and I'm driving, and, and I know the route. It's a route I know. It's a route I'm familiar with. It's a route I'm comfortable with. You understand what I'm saying? I know this route. There's a lot of different ways you can get to where you want to go. But I know this route. This is the best way. This is what I like to do. I know the lanes to be in. See, I drive lanes. That's what I do. I drive lanes. I drive. This is the lane that's going to turn, so this is the lane I'm going to drive in. I know. This, it's just me. It's just who I am. And uh, so, so I'm driving, and all of a sudden, I see the GPS has me going a different way. And I know that way. That's not the best way. That's not the shortest way. That's not the fastest way. I know that way. So sometimes the GPS is a little wonky. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, it's just a little crazy. So I'm thinking, no, I'm not going that way. I know my way. I know this. So I went, I went the way. And sure enough, it rerouted me because it's, it's very obedient. And it'll just, okay, this is. And then as I went a little bit further halfway through, I, I realized it has me turning again a different way. That's not the way. That's not the best way. That's not the way I know. That's come on. What do you? So I'm just thinking, man, this thing's on drugs this morning. And so I went my own way, and it just rerouted like it does. It says, okay, you want to go this way? And then I saw the fifty thousand cars stopped. It literally stopped in the road in front of me. And I went, oh, <laughs> it's like, okay. I thought I knew the best way, and I did, but it knew something I didn't know, and it it didn't even dawn on me. It did, so I, I had to turn around, you know, because I knew that line was going to be, and there's no reason, there's other ways, and it added time to when I said it was going to be there, and I started to think on this, because this is what I do. I started to think on this, why didn't I trust that GPS? Why didn't I trust that GPS? Well, sometimes it goes a little crazy, so, so and, and I thought, so maybe that's it. Maybe I, I didn't trust it, like, then I thought, no, no, no. In the end, I thought I knew the better way. I thought, I knew, the, I knew the route. I was comfortable with that route. And in the end, it's not just trust. It was what I knew. It was the comfort that I knew. People tell me sometimes, Greg, why am I not growing? How come I'm struggling in this area? How come I can't change this area? How come I can't defeat this in, in this area? And, and I think very often it's because we are stuck in patterns in our life. And that's the, what we're comfortable with. That's what we know. That's what we understand. And so we go this way. We say these things. We do these things. And then we get the, uh, the ultimate result of that, and we're not happy. And we say, God, why am I growing? Why am I struggling like that? Because we've gone the route that we've always known. We've gone the route that we're comfortable with that we think we knew best in our life. And it turns out to be longer, and it turns out to be more tedious. Because you see, God made us to think in patterns. Every one of us, no matter who you are or what you think your gifts are or not, you think in patterns. That's the way God created us. He created us, and the, and the recent uh, studies in neuroscience is fascinating to see 
how we need patterns. And if you don't see a pattern in your life, you will create one. <laughs> because we need patterns. We follow. It's not just, it's not just a habit. It's, 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 a, it's the way we think. It's the way we behave. And we are, we'll stay with that pattern until we get a different pattern, a new pattern, which is the issue. Because changing from an old pattern to a new pattern is not easy. In fact, it's one of the most difficult things that you do in your life. And why change seems to be so hard in certain areas. Why do I always focus on this? Why do I always struggle with it? Because you are in a pattern, and you see what happens, especially in negative patterns, the negative pattern becomes a rut. It's because what we always do. So when that goes off, then you fall into that rut, and you behave that way, and you respond that way. And you see, we want it to be easy, and we, we, get, we, we become Christians, and we, we give our life to Christ, and we say, I'm going to live a Christian life, but we're living the old rut. We're living the old pattern. And so we blow up here, and we fall here, and we sin here, and it's not good here, and it's like that, and we, and it, we want it to be just a switch. I, uh, I was over at a friend's house, and I saw this coolest thing. Okay, I know, I'm just stepping into the 21st century, and the rest of you are there, but it was the coolest thing. It was a a plug, you know, just a regular plug that has two, one top, one on the bottom. But below it, it had a little nightlight. You couldn't see it. It was just a, at the very edge. And so what happens is when it was dark, that nightlight would come on. But you don't waste a plug by plugging in a nightlight. It's just part of the plug. And I thought, that's so cool. I'm going to go out. So I go out there, and I, and I get two of those, and I screw them in. And sure enough, you, just, you know, I'm sitting there playing with it because that's who I am as well. Like that, it comes on and fries like that. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing. It just, it's a nightlight, and you don't even have to use a nightlight. But sometimes I think that's what we think Christianity is about. Hey, I, gave, I went to church. I even gave him the offering. This should, why, why isn't this light flipping on? <laughs> why isn't it just happening? And I'm telling you, it's because we are stuck in old patterns, old way of thinking that hurt us, that keep us. Romans 12, 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do you realize this world has a pattern? It has a way of thinking and way of behaving. It has a pattern for you to think so that when you run into a situation or circumstances or you see something, then the result is this. That's the way the world works. That's a pattern. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, what's important to understand is that the word conform there means to follow a pattern, okay? So you're conforming, you're following a pattern. That's what the world does. That's why I tell people, don't be upset when the world acts like the world. That's, what, that's all they can do. Don't, don't be upset when your neighbor yells and screams at you. It's the way the world does. <laughs> they react. They, they're, they're, they can't do that. You know, it's like, oh, you know, that's awful. You know, this person fell and they sinned and like that. They're the world. That's what they do. They can do nothing but that. They're stuck in this pattern. We, though, have been changed. We are not of that pattern. We have been transformed into, the word transform means to change a pattern. So you are either conforming, which means you're following the pattern, or you are transforming, which means you are all of a sudden changing the pattern that's there. So the question for us this morning is, are we following the old patterns? Are you getting the old, same old results that you hate? It may be that you're following the wrong pattern, the old patterns in your life. 
And when something get happens, and happens that doesn't go right, and you get angry, you don't know why you're angry, and you start lashing out at people. It's just a pattern. It's just what you do. It's what your body's programmed. Oh, oh, I see. This happens, so you get angry, or this happens, so you get jealous, or this happens, or you uh, get fall into lust, or whatever. You know, that's what happens. That's a pattern, and that's the way you go. And we can't live that way, or we get depressed, or we get discouraged, or we're filled with shame. Whatever it is, we fall into that pattern. I saw a Pixar film, you know, those Pixar films, the little shorts, you know, the cartoons, they're just little cute things. And this one's about a dog. So half of you are really happy because you're dog lovers, the other half are cat lovers and don't care. But for all of you dog lovers, this is about a little dog. A boy gets, a, a young man gets a dog. And he has fun with the dog, and the dog loves it because he throws him pizza and all that because that's the way he lives. And then he gets his girlfriend, who's just like this, uh, okay, health nut. That's the only way you can describe it. And the dog's not happy. How many have seen this one? Okay, so I'll describe it to you. And the dog's not happy because all of a sudden, you know, they want to do healthy things even for the dog. And the dog's going, I'm a dog. I don't want this. So uh, it goes on, and all of a sudden, though, the boyfriend and the girlfriend fight, and then she runs out the door. And it's really interesting. Because in the video, it has this guy all of a sudden on the couch and gaining weight and eating junk food and being miserable and just watching TV and being a couch potato. Because that's the pattern when you're depressed. We call it comfort food, but the reason we have we eat the comfort food is to make us feel comfortable. Food can make us feel comfortable. Why? Because we're responding to a pattern. Okay, now I got real personal, I know, but we, stay with me. Sometimes that, and we think we, 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 we think we want to we, we wanna break the pattern, but we don't know how. So he falls into this pattern. So this very bright dog figures out, in the end, I'm not getting my pizza. I'm getting my pizza and stuff like that, but it's not a good thing because my, my, my master here is not happy. So he runs, to, runs away, goes down the street, goes to where the girlfriend works, runs into the, the girlfriend. He's following, the, the gun's following, you know, and he's in his pajamas, it looked like, I don't know, in his robe or whatever. He follows them, they see each other, and they kiss, and it's happy, and everyone's happy. You know, what happened? The dog figured out a new pattern. The dog broke the old pattern of sitting on the couch and doing nothing and said, okay, here's the new pattern. Go and just at least see her and see if we can do something, you know? It's amazing how much a dog can figure this out, and we can't sometimes because we're stuck in the same old patterns. Now, you think, well, the answer is to get a new dog. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying the answer is not to follow and be conformed by the pattern of this world that you've always done, that, you've, or that you're still doing, that you're still thinking, that you're still behaving. Instead, let's do something different. Let's be transformed in our thinking. 2 Timothy 1.13. Keep the pattern of sound teaching. Keep the good pattern, the right pattern, the biblical pattern with faith and love in Christ Jesus. So it's not about getting a new dog. Watch this. It's not even about thinking differently. Because you would think, oh, well, it's a bad, it's the pattern of good thinking, good sound teaching. No, no, no. We're, look where the good teaching comes from. Because it's faith and love in Jesus. It's always about Jesus. It's always about the person of Jesus. It's always about what you're, what you're doing, what you're acting. You know, you know, we believe that we're saved because we believe Jesus rose from the dead, right? You know, the devil believes that Jesus rose from the dead because, you know, 
He saw it happen. The difference is we believe in Jesus. It's not believing, yes, church is good. It's not believing, yes, I should do good things. Yes, I, I should do this. It's, it's, it has to be believing in the person of Jesus Christ because that's what changes faith and love in Christ Jesus. So this morning I want to talk about interrupting. So I'm going to interrupt this service right now for growth. Interrupting for growth. God has something different. God, the same old sermon. So I know you're sad. You're like, another one of great, amazing, great sermons, right? That's, that's what you say, man. Mr. Q. Mr. Q. And when you have to call for it, you know, it's like the politicians say, oh, laugh there. Anyway, so sometimes, sometimes we, we don't really understand what God's trying to do in our life because these interruptions aren't always good. They're not always pleasant. So I'm going to tell you the story, and this story out of the Bible in Luke, in Luke chapter 8 really has two major themes that you find. One of it is touching, touching everywhere. Touch, 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 touch. <laughs> and another one is interrupting. Everything and everyone gets interrupted constantly in this little story. It's a riot. <laughs> it's a, it's, so it starts out in verse 40 in, in, in Luke chapter uh, 8, and basically it says that the people were gathered around expecting and waiting and welcoming Jesus. They were there. And then, in, in fact, in uh, Mark's uh, gospel, he tells the story that they were all on the, on, at the water, and Jesus shows up, and they're all gathered around. They're waiting for him. They showed up three hours early for church. Come on, somebody. Revival's got to break out when that happens. So they were there. They're anticipating. They're waiting. They're just, oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so great. You know, and they're, they're, you know, everything seems good. Except the crowd was there expecting Jesus, and they were interrupted by one man. We got hundreds of people here waiting on Jesus, welcoming Jesus, anticipating Jesus to do something in their life, and one man shows up. His name is Jairus, and he says something about his daughter dying, whatever, you know. He says, oh, please, Jesus, my daughter's dying. So Jesus is there. All these people, they've been waiting for hours. He finally gets there. They're welcoming him. They say, Jesus, teach us. Jesus, touch us. Jesus, help us. And, and Jairus says, oh, my daughter, she's dying. Help me. And Jesus goes, okay, I'll go. What, what just happened? What just happened? The crowd's going, can you imagine the crowd? Imagine what they're thinking. Excuse me. We, 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 we had our tickets, you know. We, we bought our chairs, you know. I, this rock had my name on it. I'm here. I've been waiting for hours. I got my whole family. I fed the kids in the wilderness just so we can be here to hear Jesus. Whatever, you've heard it. And all of a sudden, God interrupts it. And all of a sudden, there's, he wants to walk away. So he, he walks away, but the interruptions are just starting because <laughs> the father is there and he's with Jesus. It's all good. My, she's so sick. I know if you get there before she dies, you're going to heal her. I know if you touch her, Jesus, she's going to be well. I know. So walking together and, and the father is with Jesus and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, Jesus, wait, wait. Jesus says, who touched me? Who touched me? What do you mean who touched you? There's people all around. He says, I'm not leaving. Till I tell, see who touched me. <laughs> He's going, but my daughter is dying. The woman was sick. She was literally bleeding to death. And snuck in there and touched Jesus, and Jesus interrupted this man's little daughter, 12-year-old girl, virtually 
on her deathbed, uh, dead, deathbed, about to die, okay? And he got interrupted. But what's crazy is the interruptions keep going. Because you see this woman, she just touched, she had faith, she was healed, and she just wanted to slip away. I know a lot of Christians like that. God, just give me what I want, and I'm good. Just give me a little bit of this, and I can go over here. You know, because I got what, what, you, what I needed. That's what she wanted. She did not want any intention. In fact, she did everything she could to try to hide. She was literally bleeding to death. She touched it, got healed, and then Jesus interrupts her getaway. <laughs> He said, no, no, we are not leaving until whoever touched me is identified. He knew that power came out. Maybe he knew where she was. I think he did. And just wanted her to admit it because there was something going on for her. But he, re he refused. I love this. He refused to ignore her. He refused to let her go. See, what we don't always understand is the patterns in your life that are of the world are stunting your growth. In fact, there's some aspects of your Christian experience in life with God that will never grow as long as you're stuck in the same old pattern. Israel understood that. They went around the mountain <laughs> for 40 years. They were just stuck, stuck, until they came to a new pattern, something that was willing to change in their life. See, God allows interruptions. And I would just be so bold and so brave here as your pastor to say sometimes God will even cause an interruption. We don't like interruptions. Interruptions aren't good for the most part from us. That's when your plans go wrong. How many love that? You got a plan and it goes all wrong. That just doesn't make you feel good. Right? Or, or everything blows up or it's not right or it's not working. Whatever it is or their sickness or there's pain, or there's failure. Those are all interruptions that go wrong in our life, and how we deal with that is the key to what I'm talking about you with you this morning. How we understand those interruptions and what's happening in our life, it makes a huge difference. Let me just start with this, because you've got to grab this first thought. Interruptions, interruptions create opportunity for growth. The interruption that you are saying, God, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe she said that. I can't believe he acted like that. I can't believe this. I believe it like that. What are... You have a perfect little plan, and all of a sudden you get fired. That's an interruption. You've got a perfect little plan, and all of a sudden your health just falls apart. That's an interruption. God, what is going on? God, I don't understand what's happening here. The crowd's response to the interruption was to choke Jesus. I love that. <laughs> I know, sometimes we feel like the same. Because you're supposed to have this perfect plan and it's not going right. Don't be all righteous. I know, I know we're here together. I know how it is. But it, literally it says that they gathered, they, they saw him leave, little ticked, that he got up in, in the middle of their perfect little plan because he had something he wanted to show them and they weren't willing to hear it. And they began to follow him, but it says that they followed him so closely, they were crushing him, literally choking him. That's what the word means. They were choking him. 
So the woman was touching, touched him and was instantly healed. But they were, I think they were gravitating. I think they were pushing. I think they, this wasn't a, this was near mob type of thing that was, that was going on. You can hear that in Peter's voice later on when he says everybody is trying to do. But this word, if they, were, they were trying to get what they thought they needed. You know what's amazing is this word choke that was used to describe their crushing is what Jesus used when he said the word of God goes out like a seed and it hits the ground. And sometimes it's on hard soil and it doesn't. Sometimes it's on fertile soil. And, and all, all of a sudden, the weeds come and they choke. Same word. They choke it out. And Jesus later on describes that choking is because of the desire for the things of this world. Ah, now we start to understand. Their desire was not Jesus. The woman said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. Their desire was, God, I want this. God, I need this. God, this is, this is what I need to do. This is how my plan should go. This is what, how things should lay out. This is the direction that I want to go. And that is not what God wanted. Just like the weeds, they, we, we grab and we say, God, I need it to be this way. I want it to be this way. You know, the crowd touched Jesus many times, and there was no power. It made me really think that sometimes in church as Christians, we do a lot of touching, but there is no power. And only power from God will change your life. See, Greg, why was there no power? Because there was no faith. It was about what I need, what I want and the pattern of this world, because that's the pattern of the world. Get what you can, grab what you can. You better hang on what you got. Build bigger barns so you can fill it with more stuff. Instead of saying, what I need is Jesus. What I need to understand is who Jesus is. You see, I think we don't grow because our desire for the world is literally choking out God's pattern that he's trying to do. And he keeps interrupting our life. He keeps walking away saying, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you hungry for me? Is it about me or is it about getting the things that you want? Is it about serving me? Is it about living in me? Or is it about making sure everything in your life is okay? What do you want? What are you going to do? He keeps interrupting our lives to see if there will be a change. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you. It's there. I'm not saying God wants and doesn't want us to have these things or doesn't want to bless us. I mean, I am the biggest God will bless you person, pastor you've ever seen. I believe that all my life. We are walking through Disney on a crazy, beautiful, uh, warm day, claiming the blessing of God. Getting it here, getting it there, getting it that. That opened up like that. Why? Getting this table. I mean, this place is packed. 2,000 people in this French bread place, you know? Just, just like that. And so we, we get our stuff, and Lisa said, oh, I should go look for a table. And I said, no, no, it'll be okay. You know, okay, because I have faith. She doesn't, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see, that's funny, because you know. <laughs> there you laugh. You laugh there. That's funny. That's funny. So we, we, we get our stuff, and we, and we turn around and walked up, and we, and we oh, because there's no place, there's no table. So we just put our stuff on the tray, and I, but I look around. Because I know this was a blessed day. We asked for God's blessing, God's blessed day. And there was a family there, and I could tell they're about to get up. So before someone else went over there, and I leaned over and just stalked them, said, you done yet? You done yet? You done yet? <laughs> just kidding. I did say, I don't mean to stalk you, but 
We would love to have this table. She said, oh, that's great. So we started laughing and joking and doing all kinds of things. Actually, after we were all done, I went to the restroom and I came back and there was someone else at the table. And I said, what'd you do with my family? Another story. Anyway, God's opportunity for growth is there if we're willing to trust. If we're willing, if we're willing to pursue him. You, you don't miss what I'm saying here. The pattern is him. Not all the things that we think he will do for us. We wait on him. God, move in my life. But the second thought here is really interesting as well because, see, interruptions reveal what we have kept hidden. They always will. That's what God does. They keep, see, the woman's response to Jesus after she had been found out was to hide. She was hiding. She did not want to be noticed. Why was that? Why? Why? Hey, that's me. You healed me. <laughs> Woo! You know. No, no. Why was that? See, for years and years and years and years, people promised, you'll, you'll be better. Give me this money. Do this when all these doctors helped her and helped her and helped her. And all they did was take her money, and she got worse and worse. She lived with disappointment. And if you live with disappointment long enough, you'll get to the point where you say, God, I'm... I don't want to risk anything. She knew she, wouldn't have she shouldn't have touched Jesus. That was unclean. She shouldn't have done that. And so for Jesus to call her out, she was probably thinking, I'm going to lose this. He's going to take away the very thing that I have. He, he's, going to, he's going to take back the, the thing that, that, that I took that I, that I shouldn't have. You see, the woman touched Jesus. She was healed. But the disappointment was a pattern she was used to. And many people live in that pattern of disappointment. Yeah, this is going out good now, but <laughs> probably won't last. Wait, did you say those words? <laughs> yes, you did. That's because we all do. We think, oh, this probably won't last. You know, pastors, all oh, the giving's up this month probably won't be next month. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I get too real with you? <laughs> you know how it is? You know, like, if you live, with the pattern of that disappointment, you're missing an important aspect of everything that Jesus interrupted this woman. She was trying to sneak away. Why wouldn't Jesus say, okay, go. Just go be healed. No, no, no. He had to show her something powerful. He had to show her something that was going to change everything. You see, it says that the woman did not want to be noticed, so she was hidden. You know what that word literally means? Forgotten. Jesus said, if I said, I'm not going to let you go, he was saying, you are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. We live in patterns of the world that we think that we're forgotten. That nobody really sees and nobody really cares. And Jesus is saying, you are not forgotten. I did not forget you. In fact, to reiterate that, he, he called her daughter. Very endearing, very uh, uh, engaging word. Saying, I see you. I know you are. I love Luke 8, 47. It says, in the presence of all the people, now you've got to get this. You have a fear of speaking? You have a fear of being in public and do that? Are you, are you a good speaker? I, I don't know. But my guess is this woman was not. My, my guess is this woman was used to hiding. Do you have a pattern of hiding? God, I'm just going to hide over here. I'm not going to do anything because it probably won't last. Probably, I'll probably screw it up. I probably won't do very good. I don't want to witness to anybody. Now I am preaching. I just want to let you know. I don't want to witness to anybody because what if I say it wrong? What if they ask questions I don't know? I probably won't do it right. We had just better hide over here. 
in the presence of all the people, she told, she told why she had been, uh, ha, uh, she, to read the words, Greg, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. <laughs> she gave a witness. <laughs> this is not who she was. This is not what she wanted. But there's something powerful about standing up and saying, I touched you because I was bleeding to death and I was dying and I touched just the hem of your garment and now I'm well, I'm whole, I'm changed. It's completely healed. Wow. It wasn't just so that the people could hear it. It's so that she could say it. You need to say it. You need to say it. And I think so often we don't say it. God is going to heal me. God has healed me. God did that in the past. He's going to do it now. Come on, we need to have that in our heart. We're in a pattern of, oh, it probably won't last. Probably won't be good. Probably you're going to, you're not going to, it's not going to happen. But instead of being in a pattern of saying, God, you did it again. You did it then, and you'll do it again. God, it's probably, I'm probably going to see a miracle tomorrow. God, your blessing's going to be there. And if it's not, I'll just keep waiting on you. I'll keep trusting on you. You see... She faced the disappointment, and he wouldn't let her go away because he needed to say at the end, now go in peace. She needed that. That's a different pattern. She lived in the pattern of fear and dread and doubt, but God broke all that pattern. God is interrupting your life right now so you'll stop hiding from what he wants to do in your life, for how he wants to change the way you're thinking, the how he wants to change the way that you want to hide. God, I can't. God, I'm not good enough. God, I won't do this. God wants to change all that. He interrupted your life. He interrupted hers to do that. Here's my last thought. You see, interruption, interruptions, they shine his power on us. They will shine his power on us. His interruptions aren't just to, to, uh, to, uh, do the, the, the simple things, but he's actually do something incredible. See, the father is sitting there saying, okay, Jesus, we're, we're on a time limit. We've got to do something. Come on, come on, come on. And then it was too late. He was afraid that she would die, and she did. You see, the, the Bible says that Jesus did not come just to heal. He came to bring life to the death and to the dying. And our soul is dead without God. We are born dead. We're, we're born into this life, but the spiritual life is dead. And it has to be made live again. It has to be resurrected. We cannot do that. And the only way we can is in God. I love Habakkuk. And you think, Habakkuk what? <laughs> it's an Old Testament, little bitty, bitty, bitty book right before the New Testament. Habakkuk 3, 4. I love this. It says his splendor was like the sunrise. I'm talking about God. Rays flashed from his hand. Watch this. Where his power was hidden. You don't, you don't realize the power of God's touch through Jesus Christ. You don't realize the power of what he can do in our lives. His power shines like a sunrise. And I love the, the picture, the metaphor that there was power in his hands as the blood flowed out of them. There's power in his hands. 
to heal. There's power in his hands to change our world. He doesn't just want us to make us feel better, to heal our headaches, or even to heal something major. He does that. I pray for healing. I believe that. God wants to heal you. God says, it says that by his stripes we are healed. But the healing is about life. It's about we were dead and now we're alive. Luke 8. It says that while Jesus was speaking, he was interrupted. The girl's dead. Has that been your life? You ever felt like that? I'm serving God. I'm just trying to do the things of God, trying to listen to God, trying to do that. What? Fell? It dead? The girl's dead. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. You see, I love this. Jesus is ministering, and he gets interrupted with death. And Jesus says, that's okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you catch that? You catch that? Your girl's dead. Jesus said, that's okay. What? Because I'm about life. That's what I am. I am about taking what is dead and making it alive. See, you thought that I just came and had the power to heal this girl before she died. True. But the power I'm going to show you is so much bigger. And the interruption was necessary for you to see something so much greater, something beyond what I ever thought was possible. The interruption sounded like death. It was death. But Jesus turned it into his power. <laughs> Just believe. Do not doubt. There's no room for doubt. There's no room for doubt. That's what he's saying. Just, just, just believe. Just believe. You don't have to understand. You don't have to comprehend. But, but Greg, what about this? And this is wrong. And what about this? And the money and the finances and, and my life and my relationship and my marriage and my daughter and my family, my son, whatever. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe, because what he is, is he's someone who takes death and turns it to life through his power. That's what he does. We need to be interrupted. Some of you have some death patterns in your life that need to be interrupted. Some death patterns that say, this is what happens, this is why it doesn't work, this is what I'm going to do. And God's saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, I got something bigger. I got something greater. I got something beyond that. It's because of what Jesus did. Let me give you this last story. In the 16th century, there was a major revolt from the Dutch people. You didn't think they could ever revolt, but there they are. <laughs> They're revolting. And, 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 and the king was brutal. The king squashed and put down the rebellion and, and was just killing people all over the place. There was one particular town that was sort of like the center, as far as the king was concerned, with the revolt. So he sent his soldiers to this little town. And even though... Most of the people that had started this had fled, and there was just town people left leaving there, living there. He said, go to every house in this, in this little village and kill everyone, every man, every woman, every child. Kill them all. Soldiers were going door to door. You could hear the screams because the families, they're just people huddled in their homes. They could hear the screams and the death, and it was moved. And in this one particular house, there was quite a few people there that had hid. And they were all gathered around. They, they're just citizens. They couldn't fight. They, did, they, did, they weren't even part of the rebellion, but they knew they were about to die. And one young man had an idea. He had a favorite goat. He loved this goat. True story. He ran out of the house, and they're saying, don't do it now. 
you're going to die. And he's thinking, I'm going to die anyway. He runs outside and grabs the goat and brings it in the house. Shuts the door and locks it. And next to the door, he takes out his knife for his favorite goat and plunges it into its heart and cuts it open. And blood ran everywhere. People were horrified. They're thinking, we're about to die anyway. Why do you got to do this? He really quickly took a broom or something and began to sweep it really hard, the blood that was on the floor underneath the door. The blood was on the floor, and it flowed underneath the door. And when the soldiers came out, they started to bang on the door, let us in. But they looked down, and they saw their feet were covered in blood and said, ah, the work has already been done here. And they moved on. And everyone in that house was spared because the blood was on the floor. You see, we've got to understand the blood is on the floor. Jesus Christ paid the price. He shed his blood. He died. He rose again so that we could be made righteous in him. You cannot be righteous. You understand that? God does not infuse righteousness. He does not infuse righteousness. If he did, and I had the power, and I said, be righteous, be righteous, be righteous, be righteous. Oh, we're all righteous. You would screw it up before you walked out that door. And I would be right in front of you. Because we can't be righteous. So his righteousness is what is called imputed. What does that mean? It means his righteousness is covering us. You say, Greg, why do I still struggle with sin? Because you're a sinful person. <laughs> but you are covered in the righteousness of Christ that, that, that removes all guilt and shame and fear and doubt from us. We are covered in the righteousness of Christ. And one day, that righteousness infusion that, or that righteousness uh, covering will be infused in us and we will be whole. But that's in glory. In, 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 until then, it's not a license to sin. Understand what I'm saying? Because how can you wear Christ and say, oh, that's okay, and live your own pattern? Why do we fall? Why do we stumble? Because we're living in old patterns. We have to transform our mind. We have to change our patterns. We have to live different. We have to think different. We have to believe in different so that we understand what Christ has done. The blood is on the floor. You are forgiven. You are cleansed. That's what it means to be righteous. That's what it means to grow. Come on, God's going to interrupt your day. If he hasn't already interrupted this service, he's going to interrupt something else. Come on. When he does, you just say, God, what are you doing? I'm right here. You want me to see life where there's death? I'll do that. You want me to come out of my hiding? I'll do that. You want me to focus on you instead of all the things I want? I'll do that. What is it you're trying to do in my life? And when you do that and you see that and you believe that, wow, that's how you grow. And all of a sudden you'll be going, I don't do that anymore. I don't live that way anymore. That's broken. Wow, that, there it is right there. Come on, come on. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you would just permeate every single heart, mind, and spirit right here, right now. God, move across our, our lives. And God, if there's anything in us, if there's any sin, if there's anything that, that we have been hanging on to, that we've been hiding, that we've been keeping in the dark room, God, I pray you'd open it up so that we can stand before you and say, God, forgive me. God, cleanse me. God, renew me. God, change the way I'm thinking. God, build the right patterns. Let your power shine on me. Let the healing come from your hidden hands. 
that forgives, that calls us son, that calls us daughter, that changes everything about us. And God, we're believing for that. We're confessing in that. And everybody said, amen, 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 amen. God is so good. I am so excited.